<laughs> Intro music. Yes, upgrade. This is Zencaster. <laughs> nice. And so smooth you, fade out. Your kids just started the podcast. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to call out the the podcast, but since you mentioned it. Dude, uh, please. Words About Birds is the name of the <laughs> podcast. I told them that they needed a good pun for the name of their podcast. And uh, this has been a pun, but they thought it was. So I like to run with it. <laughs> well, so it's great. I It's fantastic. Um, I'm What I'm especially interested in is the process. So you were telling me about what it took to get it up and running. Yeah. Yeah. So it was Sunday. The kids just got back from the park and we decided to record this this podcast about the birds that they saw in the park. So I got my, my Yeti microphone and set it up on the floor for them and set the, you know, audio mode so that it was, uh, cause they moved all around the room while they were recording. They had no concept of speaking into the mic and, uh, you know, they did that for a bit. I, I didn't really help them. And then, um, when they decided the episode was over, they signed off with something like, uh, that's the end of the podcast now. And that was it, um, I love which, it. which is, you know, in all fairness, better than our sign-offs. Uh, but I just what, – what I did at that point uh, is I set myself a limit. It's, uh, it's Sunday. I've got IKEA furniture to put together. We just moved and my house is full of boxes and, and that's the easiest way of getting rid of the boxes is to assemble IKEA. And – I wanted to get onto that, so I set myself a hard limit of 30 minutes. What do you think I can get done in 30 minutes? Mm-hmm. Well, I managed to edit the episode, you know, take out a, a few of the ums and a, a few of the blank, empty uh, parts of it. I exported it. I used SpinUp WP. I've already got an existing server there, uh, so I just um, created a new uh, site using a subdomain of a domain I already own. And, uh, so new WordPress in a couple of minutes, I installed seriously simple podcasting and set up the podcast with a title and a description quickly, you know, adjusted a few things on the WordPress website, used the default theme, but changed the colors. Um, and, what else? Submitted it to iTunes. Up, I created a new episode, submitted it. 30 minutes. I was really impressed. And not to mention, I even created album artwork or, you know, cover artwork for the podcast in that time. That's that's amazing. It, I, You know this, but I helped my daughter get her e-commerce set up and running recently to have her artwork with the print-on-demand stuff. And one of the themes that I think is just, I just love about all of this is the opportunity that we have to use technology, in this case, WordPress, to empower creativity in our kids. Mm. And over time, we hope that they develop their appreciation for it as well. But right now, like your kids can now record a podcast and with fairly minimal effort on your part, you can help get it out there. So anyway, I thought that was great. That's awesome. Looking forward to seeing what they do. And that immediately got me thinking about how I can encourage my own kids to do similar creative outputs. Yeah, that's great. Definitely see you know, the world through you know the, the lens of you're either creating or you're consuming. Yeah. You know that's how you use your time, or, or maybe you're sleeping. And and so you know my kids do a lot of consuming, like I know of a lot of other kids do. 
Uh, like we talked about earlier, uh, my my son is obsessed with Pokemon Yellow that he's playing on the Game Boy, and he's just spent so many hours on this tiny little screen that doesn't even have a backlight. And yeah. uh, so when it comes to creating, though, I find that almost always I turn to WordPress as you know the outlet for that creativity when I want to publish something, whether it's a blog, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a new site, even sometimes when it's like a brand new idea for an app, I'll go yeah. to WordPress first to build it. Yeah. It's that, that to me, like when I sum up WordPress to me right now, like when I sum up what it is, like, yeah, there's the mission democratized publishing for me at its heart. It's about empowering creativity on the web. Yeah. And something that just opens up these possibilities that just, aren't easily accessible otherwise. I, I love it. And I think our kids are such a good filter to look through. Is it living up to its mission or not? Is it, is it, are they being empowered or not? Or, you know, as you, you know, you have all these apps these days, right? And they offer their allures and there's a simplicity there. But when we think about the broader open web, we want to see people creating on the open web, not these closed ecosystems. Mm. Speaking of closed ecosystems, did you see the news about TikTok that's been circulating? Yeah. Yeah. Not cool. They're, they're in hot water fairly or unfairly, uh, but I, I think we can all agree that TikTok is owned by China and doesn't have a great track record of privacy. No. And so, yeah, yeah in the news lately, they've, they've been under fire for collecting user data and and potentially you know trying to break out of sandboxes to collect other stuff from the iphone or or android operating system and send it all back to china which is kind of scary and i was i was contemplating is there an equivalent in wordpress is there an equivalent tiktok well well, the first thing that came to mind was Jetpack, actually, because mm. as you know, in the past, Jetpack has suffered some scandals, some data scandals for collecting lots of information about a site, including scraping the entire content of a website um, and and storing that. Do you do you remember these sorts of things? Are they still happening? What what do you know about this sort of thing? Before we touch on that, I think it's worth, when you say equivalent, are we talking about, I, th I think what I'm hearing you say is the specific focus, not on what the thing does, because TikTok is a particular type of of experience, right? Not so much on what the thing does, but on its data collection relationship. Is that is that what you're focused on? Yeah, exactly. Uh, actually, you know, come to think of it, a better analogy would be WeChat, because mm. WeChat is like the operating system. It's not, no, well, it's a layer on top of the operating system. But in China, WeChat is everything. You know, it's it's not only social media, but it's payments. It's yep. um, public it transport. It, it does everything. And and Jetpack is, is quite similar to that. Uh, it's endorsed by the government, which, you know, in a sense is the same with Jetpack, right? It's endorsed by the official WordPress.com and you should sign into your WordPress, install your self-hosted thing. You should set it up with the official WordPress.com, which of course isn't really the official, but because it's got the WordPress name, you know, it's more yeah. trustworthy than 
randomly signing so with something else. It seems it may be helpful to call out biases for a moment. I'll start with my own, which is that like uh, I, I'm part of Automatic, so Jetpack is our sister company um, within the context of like what I do in the WooCommerce side of things. So I do have a bit more context. That said, I think my perspective here is I've I'm, I've been watching Jetpack from the beginning. I've been a Jetpack user at various stages as well as not a user. So I'm just calling that out for anyone not aware. And um, you don't have any particular stake either. You can say whatever you want. So. I don't have a stake, but I have a bias, which is I like my WordPress installs minimal and I'm pro-privacy. Yeah. So you asked initially about like the, the history of it. And while some of the specifics are fuzzy, I think what I can offer is just the overall sense that I've had. This is like with just my member of the WordPress community hat on is is uh, how to put like a series of PR misfires over the years. The one of the more recent ones that comes to mind to me is the uh, um, the results inclusion or like Jetpack. I'm I'm butchering the the idea. I'm butchering the specifics, but like Jetpack um, recommending specific plugins or inserting recommendations within the search results. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And it picked up a lot of heat for that. People like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. And I think they ultimately reversed that. Yeah, I, I think there's there's two separate issues, right? Like one is, are you acting in the best interests of your users' privacy? And, your, and, and you know, like these days, data collection should be seen as a liability, not as an asset. Uh, which it, it once was seen as just collect everything, collect all the things. It's worth something, and you know whatever. But these days, it's more like you stand a good chance of being sued if you have people's data unnecessarily, and it's difficult to manage it. You have to be able to easily delete it, and you have to be able to give people access to it, and this sort of thing. So it's a liability, and so there's there's how you treat the data and what data you collect. And then there's also a separate issue of what's your attitude towards this? What's your sort of underlying principles? And I have no doubt that Automatic and the Jetpack team uh, don't have bad intentions. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like yeah. I'm sure that they're well-intentioned and, and that data, mi data mismanagement, uh, where it has happened in the past and where it may still be happening today, is not the result of you know, e evil conspiracies, but either, you know, in the past where the mistakes have been made, sort of just incompetence or uh, being unaware of privacy problems. Uh, and and don't, don't take this as too much of a criticism because I've been there myself. Sure. When we launched Stream 2.0, we didn't oh, give a right. second thought. We didn't give a second thought to people's privacy, yet we were collecting data about every single action that happened in the admin. So I've been there uh, and become more privacy conscious as I've, as I've gone on. But yeah, you know, I, I wonder if maybe it's time for Jetpack to take a more privacy focused stand. Part of the, the challenge, like when I, when I look at this sort of holistically, at least from my perspective, there's, I look at it through this, the lens of perception versus reality. And I think with Jetpack, there is, a, there is a we can dig into whether it's earned or not. And in general, I think it's fair to hold automatic to a higher level of criticism, right? Because there is a lot of power and there's a lot of momentum there, and it's and it's messy and kind of complicated. So I, I that's been 
you know, ask me in a few years, but I think in general, criticism is fair. And with Jetpack, I think the particular challenge is uh, perception versus reality. And right now, the perception in general, at least what I see and am exposed to, is pretty negative overall, both from a product perspective and the sense like, oh, Jetpack is bloated. You hear that a lot. And then more recently, the concerns expressed about privacy. And from my point of view, and this is where my bias comes in, I'm, I'm, I'll just, uh, I'm fairly optimistic. As short of just saying like fully optimistic about Jetpack's. I'm, I'm very optimistic about Jetpack's potential and like what it could be, and fairly optimistic about their ability to to navigate changing perception. The frank reality though is perception's hard to change, and it's you can't just ask people to change it. It's actions speak louder than words. So the opportunity becomes, okay, take privacy, for instance, and things like the GDPR. Okay. If jet, even if Jetpack is technically compliant, which is my overall sense, the question becomes, how do you communicate that effectively? Because the perception is certainly not there. There's not a lot of confidence, at least when, what I'm hearing from folks. And that, that becomes the hard work. How do you change the perception to match reality. And then how do you actually evolve reality? Because the re reality probably also needs to evolve too. Yeah. You know, this reminds me of uh, something that's been happening here in Australia. We, our, our restaurants and, and bars are open, um, you know, in this sort of COVID pandemic. Mm. Uh, but we have a requirement that uh, when you enter, you know, a, a, say a, a restaurant or a cafe, you have to leave your name, phone number, and email address with the idea being that you know, if there was an oh. outbreak, uh, that they could do contact tracing and, and go, oh, this person was in this cafe. We should need to contact everybody else who was in that cafe around the same time, you know, that sort of thing. That's um, interesting. Now, me being sort of like a bit of a privacy nutter, there was a couple of moments where I was sort of confronted with this, oh, give us your email address. And I'm sort of like somewhat ashamed to say that I put in some fake details on the first couple of goes around just right. because I, I didn't have the maybe like mental bandwidth to figure out whether or not I felt comfortable leaving my real name, real phone number and real email address with this company. You know, it's just on a piece of paper, you know, anyone can grab it. It's not some whatever. But then I walked into a cafe and on the table uh, was a, a note and it said something along the lines of, you know, here's how we've got it set up. Just text your name and, and an email address to this. We respect your privacy. This phone is locked in a cupboard. Unless somebody is reported with COVID, then we will not take the phone out of the cupboard and we will not use this for marketing. If you want us to market to you, we'll use your Instagram. I think Jetpack should do the same sort of signaling. 